This is the 67th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze. This past week, it was 23 hours of Fox News, and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Let's get right into the headline. As toxic smoke filled the northeastern United States, Fox News responded with fake climate experts. A condensed overview of 23 hours of Fox News for the week ending June 11, 2023. So here's the first clip. This is Jesse Waters from Wednesday. Before we get started, I just want to acknowledge how brave all of us are for showing up to work today in this city. <laughs> we are working under hazardous air quality conditions. <laughs> this city's air quality is worse than it was on 9-11. What did we do? We came into the building to put on a show for you, America. Some people have called us firefighters. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I understand where you're coming from. Yesterday, when I looked upstairs and I saw the smog and I thought it was because of the free crack pipes the mayor was handing out, then I found out it was our neighbors. So we got the neighbors in the south giving us migrants. The neighbors in the north are giving us smoke bombs. Are you kidding me right now, Canada? I mean, are you kidding me? Not a single word, not an apology, nothing. And we find out the combination is from campers in Canada who don't know how to put out a campfire and lightning strikes. Now, I'm not asking Trudeau to apologize for the lightning strikes, but for the reckless campers, I'm going to have to demand an apology. <laughs> I saw a woman coming into work today. She took off her mask <laughs> and lit a cigarette. <laughs> I'm just happy my marathon training can resume tomorrow because we got a big race coming up. I also want to note something to all of you climate crazies. New England's dark day. It occurred in 1780. Mm -hmm. This was when the entire area of New England went pitch black around noon. People were lighting candles. It was because of forest fires in Canada. We did not have the internal combustion engine in 1780. So this stuff just happens. Fires and the forest are actually less prevalent. Is this the apocalypse? Are we looking for the signs? We had a UFO situation the other day. I don't know. We had an eclipse. Remember Trump was looking up there with the stupid goggles? I found a frog in my pool. Yeah. Jesse Waters, a wealthy white male who was probably driven to the studio in a town car and will be driven back home in a town car and get into his palatial mansion in suburban New Jersey. That's his reaction. And I think that's authentic. I think that's legitimate. Anyway, <laughs> Jesse Waters, ladies and gentlemen, Jesse Waters. So Fox News had an uneven and conflicted reaction to the blanket of thick Canadian wildfire smoke that covered most, most of the northeastern United States. Hosts on The Five openly mocked the warnings about poor air quality, whereas Fox and Friends treated the crisis as a public health issue. The primetime stars mostly made light of the issue with Harris Faulkner being the only holdout to warn viewers about the dangers of hazardous air. The disparate responses made me wonder, I'm not kidding about this, if some shows had producers with asthmatic family members while others didn't. The network's reckless and flippant coverage was reminiscent of how it treated the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Another repeated trend was the use of bogus experts. Fox News regularly invites experts with dubious credentials on to speak about any number of issues. Fox trots out a legion of hacks for any story about climate change. Fox News anchors were completely caught off guard by the wildfires in Canada. Now, PBS has included short segments about the fires for the past two weeks. So I I follow PBS as well uh, as Fox News, so of course I saw this coming. So the biggest story of the week was the criminal indictment of former President Donald J. Trump. So that story was so huge, I dedicated its own podcast. It has its own podcast, which I already published. It's called Bonus Podcast, and you'll know it's literally called, like, the indictment of (laughs) Donald J. Trump. And, um... They also reported on stories involving various claims of alleged criminal behavior by President Biden and his son Hunter, as well as the usual panic about the southern border and crime. The network also dedicated several segments to new Republicans who have officially declared their candidacy for president last week. Um, So this podcast is going to be dedicated to how Fox News covered this air quality crisis. I found the coverage a bit schizophrenic because it kept jumping around and changing and it didn't really make a ton of sense. So I thought, let's just focus on 24 hours starting from Wednesday. We're going to go from Wednesday, Fox and Friends, all the way to Fox and Friends Thursday. And you'll see in these clips how confusing it would be to a viewer if you actually watched all of this. And many Fox viewers do watch Fox all day long. (laughs) So I suspect some people called in and complained because there was an abrupt shift of tone. So Fox and Friends, Wednesday, June 7th. Uh, The show only spent a minute and a half on the story. They had no experts on. And they also kind of weaved it in to the regular weather segment. And Fox and Friends does this often when they talk about Um, extreme storms, especially in the South, they'll be like, there's a tornado, there's uh, extreme hail, there's extreme thunderstorms in Alabama, da-da-da-da-da, and Janice Dean will talk about the weather. And she literally gets out the map and she goes into the extreme weather and then just blends it right into the weather. So that's kind of how they handled it. That's the amount of importance it was given. And this is a clip from Steve Ducey talking about the air quality. Take a look. I was looking at the picture. That is New York City right now, the skyline live where thick smoke from dozens, actually hundreds of wildfires that are burning across Canada is clogging the skies across the eastern United States. The air quality index here in the Big Apple is currently ranked the worst on planet Earth. So Ducey's definitely giving it a bit of gravity there. But again, if you only spend a minute and a half on a story, that's not giving it a lot of um, importance. Now, before I get into the next clip, because this next clip is long and I'm seven minutes in, I want to give a shout out to my sponsor, the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a proud graduate of that program. Uh, I have a grant that helps pay for this project. I'm also supported by listeners of this podcast and readers of my newsletter. And you can become a supporter by going to Substack, $5 a month. They also have uh, $55 for the whole year. It's a little bit cheaper. Um, Or you can go to my Patreon and become a sponsor that way. There's a little dollar sign next to my name on Twitter. Or And I always say this, and I totally understand because I only pay for a, a handful of media sources. 
uh, because I don't make a lot of money doing this, but if you would like to support the project in another way, share the project. So share the podcast, share the newsletter that helps increase the audience. And that is tremendous if you can do that. So I don't want to waste too much time on that. So we're going to move on to the five. This is jaw dropping, absolutely jaw dropping. So the five, same day, just a few hours after Fox and Friends, they spent 13 minutes on the story. They opened with the story and they, it basically turned into one big joke for these overpaid um, you know, talking heads on a ridiculous news show. Uh, the Five is technically a news show. Um, it was just one big joke to them, even though they were sitting in the city that was com completely inundated with this horrible, horrible, toxic air. Don't, this first voice that you're going to hear is Martha McCallum. I thought I should introduce her since she's not a regular guest on The Five. She's considered one of the more legitimate news uh, people on the network. Here you go. When you dig into this story, you'll learn that it's really about the forestation process, the fact that they haven't been able to do these kind of prescribed burns that they need in order to. It's the same problem that has happened in California. Then you would have people taking care of the forest because they would be concerned about the animals that live there. You have to go in, you have to clear out all the underbrush, all the dead growth. You have to make sure the trees grow. You have to do the logging that's required in order to keep the forest healthy. Now, I just want to point out that what she says there is reasonable. However, comparing California to Canada doesn't make a lick of sense. So here's why that doesn't make any sense. Because California has 33 million acres of forests with a population of 39 million people. About 60% of California forests are publicly owned by the USDA Forest Service and National Park Service, meaning the government has to take care of roughly 60% of those forests. Now, about one third of the entire landmass of Canada is covered in forest lands for a total of 895 million acres. About 94% of Canadian forest land is publicly owned and managed by provincial, territorial, and federal governments. So that's staggering that the government has to take care or manage that much forest land. The total population of Canada is actually less than the population in California at 38 million people, which is concentrated around urban areas. Roughly 90% of Canadians live within 150 miles of the U.S. border. Canadian forests are far more dense and remote than forest land in California, and the high-maintenance forest management described by McCallum is not practical or possible in a country where forest land is hundreds of miles away from the population. Canada has also lost some of its ability to fight forest fires due to shrinking budgets. So, yeah, it's just an apple and an orange. You cannot compare Canada, which is basically one giant forest, with California, which has resources. And privately owned land is less likely to have these problems because the person's like invested or the corporation is invested in that uh, forest land and they tend to have more resources than the government, which makes sense. So when 94% of 895 million acres is owned by the government and it's all out in the middle of nowhere, you're going to have more fires like this. So the next clip is Jesse Waters, thinking he sounds really intelligent. Now break him down, I'll break him into shreds. I'll crush him. Here we go. Burning forests from Canada has blacked out North America dozens and dozens of times over the last 300 years. They're banking on people not knowing that. 
I, I talked to my meteorological sources. Mm. This is a normal Canadian June that because of lightning strikes and campers that put out their camels in a, in a dry bed uh, of, of poorly managed forest. So what Jesse just did there is a very common tactic that I've seen numerous climate change denialists use. They bring up data from centuries past and they try to present it as a, a way of debunking current panic about extreme weather events. It's largely useless, and I'll point out why. Uh, the world was just quite, quite different back then, and in terms of forest fires especially, you just can't compare the two. So the population of North America 300 years ago was much smaller than it is now. The forest in both Canada and the United States would have been much denser, and there would be no reliable way to extinguish a fire. There were no helicopters to drop targeted water, no heavy machinery to move earth or to quickly cut down trees. Firefighters of the 18th century wouldn't have even had reliable roads to travel on or any method of seeing the fire beyond wherever they could travel by horse. It's also difficult to know the accuracy of any records from past centuries given the many limitations record keepers faced. So it just, you know, you're talking about pretty much all of Manhattan is developed. Everything except for like Central Park. And even that's like in incredibly manicured. So picture Manhattan, one giant forest. If that goes on fire, it's going to be quite different than how we would face a forest fire now. And so basically the entire country was one giant forest or farmland. So it would be very, very different of how a, a forest fire would react in that time period. So the next clip is Harold Ford Jr. trying to subtly weave in the topic of climate change. I would, I would say the forest management issue is a serious issue. Um, but what we can't deny also, I think, is you, that the data that you present there, Jesse, 1706, I think, to 1910, I think it'd be interesting just to look from 2005 to 2023, the increasing frequency in which we're seeing some of these occurrences. Now, these forest fires are down from about 4% so about 2.5% worldwide. So the occurrences of droughts, which contribute to the reason I think we need some of this forest management. My only point is, I think we, there's no doubt forest management is a problem. Forest management has to be a part of it. And again, I'm just going to point out that none of these people really know anything about forest management. I, I would include myself in that. Like, I only know what I could read in the past, like, 24 hours. But I will say that the landscape, again, of Canada versus the United States is quite different. And everything they've described just sounds a little unreasonable. I just don't, I don't know how Canadians could handle grooming the forest in this way when they have such an insane amount of forest land. So this is Judge Janine always keeping it nice and subtle. In order to protect forest and to take care of that, those areas that are in danger of burning, Gavin Newsom, in terms of how he was handling forest management, I did edit that a little strangely because I kind of had to uh, for time. But basically, she weirdly goes back to Gavin Newsom, which is very, very creative considering these fires came from Canada and Gavin Newsom has absolutely nothing to do with them. But that's Judge Janine for you. Judge Janine, forest fires. I might have uh, experience as a judge and a lawyer, but I'm going to tell you something about forest fires and how to manage them and you're doing a lousy job and that's it again i want to see her and mark levine in a cage death match if you didn't listen to the last podcast mark levine 
is another one who I'll just very briefly do him because I don't have a ton of time this this podcast, but he's Mark Levine! And he yells about everything! And he's angry about everything! And it's always bad! And that's it! And that's all I gotta say about it! See, wouldn't that be kind of entertaining to just watch, like, uh, Judge Janine and Mark Levine get into it in a screaming match about something completely stupid? And and I would watch that. I would totally watch that. And then Carrie Lake would come in and Carrie Lake would be like, I'm Carrie Lake. Shut up. You're fake news. And you're a liar. And I'm going to threaten the world with civil war because Trump got indicted. Okay, that actually did happen. But anyway, to move on, Brett Baer, which is the legit news program, took this story seriously. This is Trace Gallagher. He was sub-hosting for Brett Bear. Is the dangerously bad air quality in much of the Northeast because of smoke from wildfires in Canada. You are looking live at images from across the region tonight, about 98 million people in parts of 18 states from New Hampshire to South Carolina have been under air quality alerts for both wildfire smoke and ozone. Many cities in school canceled afternoon activities. Doctors now warning people to limit their time outdoors, especially if you have respiratory issues. The Federal Aviation Administration reports flights are being affected by the situation. In fact, more than 130 flights have been canceled. Canada is now on course for its worst ever wildfire season on record with about 8.2 million acres burned so far this year. While most fires in the western provinces are under control, the fires have now opened new fronts spreading to eastern provinces of Nova Scotia, Quebec and Ontario. Right now, there are 437 active fires with about 250 out of control. About 26,000 Canadians have evacuated their homes because of the fires. And experts say the hazardous conditions in New York City are the worst on record, breaking a 52-year-old mark. Now, of course, Gallagher there didn't uh, mention climate change or give any sort of reason for the Canadian wildfire smoke, but at least he took it seriously and they included a lot of detail on that very short period of time. Um, and th after that, he went on to have other segments about the wildfire. That was just a very condensed, uh, quick clip that I liked. So we move on to Jesse Waters' primetime, and it goes back to this sort of mocking tone. Jesse Waters spent 11 minutes, 15 seconds on the story, and we have our first bogus expert of the day, and he is a regular, he's a repeat offender, Mark Morano. The tone of the entire segments were mocking. He started, Morano started his segment smoking a cigar in a studio. No idea where, what studio would allow a cigar smoke, but he figured it out. So although he did mention a drop in forest fires, Morano's main focus was the politics of the moment. And this is truly odd, this clip. Yeah, and you're going to have to sacrifice because of it. Yeah, Trudeau has said he admires China's basic dictatorship. Well, it makes a lot of sense because China is the most horrible air quality of any country in the world. He's trying to imitate China. He's following it with his tyrannical crush of free speech and dissidents like the uh, Freedom Convoy. And now he's trying to imitate China's air quality. He can't get enough of China. And now he's exporting all that to the United States. So what on earth is he talking about with China and Trudeau and nothing? It's abs It's just garbage. It's just communism, socialism, Marxism. Arr! 
It's that means nothing. He means nothing. Morano is a classic bogus expert. He has a degree in poli sci with no training in climate science. He started his career working for Rush Limbaugh and has made the transition to climate change denialism during the George W. Bush administration. He founded the website climatedepot.com in 2009. Now, this is what another actual expert in climate science said about Murano. This is Michael E. Mann, a climatologist and geophysicist, quote about Murano. He spreads malicious lies about scientists, paints us as enemies of the people, then uses language that makes it sound like we should be subject to death threats, harmed, or killed. So Murano is not a nice person. And he, he goes on Fox all the time. He makes quotes like that. He smokes a stupid cigar and pats himself on the back. And sadly, if you are willing to put out garbage and nonsense that feeds the right-wing media machine, you can get books published, you can have a, a lucrative career, you can make appearances on Fox News. And that's Morano, because he doesn't know what he's talking about. He just feeds the beast of, oh yeah, this is all a big hoax. Next up, we had Fox News Tonight, which was hosted by Harris Faulkner last week. Uh, she spent eight minutes on the story. She had an actual medical doctor, Dr. Jeanette Neshiswat of CityMD, come on to talk about the severity of the air, which made me wonder, again, did somebody on that show have an asthmatic in their family? It just was so all over the place. And if you, again, if a Fox viewer was watching both shows, they'd be very, very confused. I have asthma. I live in New York City, so I had a very strong reaction to that horrible toxic air. I like sealed up my apartment. I had an air purifier going at full blast, all of it. So here's the clip from Fox News Tonight. Well, first of all, I want to say this is a totally different circumstance than COVID. So we're not going to be uh, focusing on masks like we were with COVID. But what we're seeing, Harris, this thick smoke wildfire sweeping through our city. And we look to see the air quality index. It reached more than 400 on a scale of 500. Mm. If you go more than 100, that's considered hazardous and unhealthy for all of us. Um, and, and especially for those who have underlying medical conditions, who have heart disease, lung disease, maybe asthma or COPD. You're at a higher risk of potential complications, um, and, and things can, and the pollutants outdoors can make it worse. So what you're breathing in when you go outdoors is this pollutant, this particulate matter is what we call it. So it's sort of like debris in the smoke. And if you inhale it, it goes deep into your lungs and into your bloodstream. Um, today, for example, I had patients coming in with asthma exacerbations, cough and wheezing, you know, mm -hmm. some sore, sore throats, itchy eyes. Most of us will be fine and do okay, but when it gets to this level, you do want to protect yourself. Simple steps that you can take. You know, if you see that there's smoke, if you see the fog, if you can smell it, then you want to, you know, try to stay indoors. But if you do have to go outside, an N95 can help protect you against that right. large particulate matter. You want to just be careful to uh, not expose yourself to that type of chemical. So that was Harris Faulkner being responsible and treating this, you know, public health crisis like an actual crisis. Now, Hannity, on the other hand, spent Six minutes, 15 seconds on the story. His non-experts, I wouldn't even call them bogus experts, were Charlie Arnault and Tudor Dixon. They just were on to talk about it. He made fun of it, so his tone was mocking. You were out there. Mm -hmm. Now, so I keep reading and hearing reports and people being interviewed. I had a hard time breathing. And I'm like, I'm walking in the same place you're walking in, and I don't feel a thing. And I'm trying to understand. My, I work out regularly. 
So I think I'm relatively in tune with my body. I think if it was difficult, if I was having difficulty breathing, I would notice. Yeah. Um, but these are young people saying this. I think so the good doctor in Fox News tonight would definitely provided some excellent specifics of why this air quality was such a problem. Uh, Sean Hannity offers a sample of one, which would be himself. And he says, well, it doesn't bother me. Therefore, it doesn't bother anyone. Yeah, it's kind of bad logic. And then he has two women on in the segment who were not experts. He didn't even pretend they were experts. Charlie Arnault, who got her start in professional wrestling as a ring announcer for the WWE. And she has a degree in broadcast journalism from American University. She has no science or medical training. And then Tudor Dixon, who weirdly looks a lot like Charlie Annault, is best known for her failed attempt to run for governor of Michigan in 2022. Dixon has a degree in psychology. She currently works as a podcaster and is a frequent guest on Fox News. So Ingram, Laura Ingram, also made fun of this, the crisis she spent five minutes and 45 seconds on the story, and she included a bogus expert. But this first clip is Ingram just making fun of other media's coverage of this event. Breaking news. The air quality is bad. Places like Washington, Philly, Wilmington, watch out, Joe. And it's really bad in New York. It is bad. Look at it. But is this really a novel occurrence for our country, or is it only getting coverage of the type it's getting because it's happening along the East Coast where all the elites live? Well, beyond that, the apocalyptic coverage in the New York Times today was just absolutely knee-slappingly hilarious. Needs its own underscore of music, but this will have to do. As smoke darkens the sky, the future becomes clear. A month ago, I wrote about one of the scariest revelations of the new wildfire science. There's nowhere to escape the smoke. What's really funny about that clip is she thinks that's hilarious. The skies over New York City, I know there were pictures of it. I'm sure people saw a video of it. Really cannot be described unless you were there. It was, it was like being on Mars. It looked like it was dusk in the middle of the day. The smell was overwhelming. It felt like grit in the air. It was out of control. And I just want to make one quick comment. I don't know why people do this, but they do this pretty much with every tragedy. And it's very strange. But people from California and the West Coast, bless them, were making um, comments like that were very tone deaf. I know they didn't realize that. Like, oh, well, we deal with this all the time. And I, I stopped one person on Twitter and I said, you know what? Freakish events get news coverage. Common events don't. And guess what happened when it snowed in Southern California? You guys got a ton of press coverage, as you should. And I was fascinated. I was like, wow, they have snow in Southern California. I was, I was looking it up. I kept seeing pictures. I couldn't get enough of the stories about snow in Southern California. And I felt terrible for them for having the horrible rains throughout California and the flooding and all of that. And I am from an area where it floods constantly. From St. Louis, Missouri, there's floods in that area. I grew up with basically floods almost every season, some type of flooding. So I didn't go, oh, ha, California, <laughs> get used to it. It floods all the time in Missouri, my home state. Of course, I wouldn't write that. I've kind of never understood like the misery Olympics, kind of when people do that. Because like one woman got really snippy with me on Twitter and said something about, like, because I live in New York, I don't understand climate change. And I just, <laughs> I wrote back, I, she, I, I kind of may have freaked her out. I said, 
Um, actually, uh, have you heard of this thing called hurricanes? Because we have them a lot on the East Coast. And there was this real nasty one called Hurricane Sandy that killed a bunch of people and caused billions of dollars of damage, like wiped out entire areas. So yeah, yeah, we know. We know all about it. We just have different uh, symptoms of climate change over here on the East Coast. So, and I don't even mean, but it was just like, are, are you okay? Anyway, so Steve Malloy was the bogus expert that Laura Ingram included on her show. And I will describe him after this clip. I will go into his background and what he's all about. Steve, um, no one's denying it is unpleasant. My eyes are pretty itchy and watery um, yesterday and a little bit today. And it might go on for a couple more days. Um, but is this wholly out of the ordinary? Uh, no, this happens anytime there's a wildfire uh, in, in the West. I mean, it's unusual in the East. Look, the air is ugly. It's unpleasant to breathe. And for a lot of people, they get uh, anxiety over it. But the reality is there's no health risk. Okay, there's uh, EPA research. They've done lots of clinical research on uh, asthmatics, on elderly asthmatics, on children, on elderly with heart disease. Um, not a cough or a wheeze from any of them. We have this kind of air in India and China all the time. Um, no public health emergency. Speaking of, do you, do you notice, like, in all the coverage of, you know, Bill Ware, the tailpipes, all this stuff, they never, ever mention the fact at the top that China is the number one polluter in the world. Never. Yeah, this is like clean air in China. I mean, it's really bad. Uh, you know, they, in the winter, they never turn on their scrubbers for their air pollution because they don't care. Weir has no idea what he's talking about. This doesn't kill anybody. This doesn't make anybody cough. This is not a health event. This has got nothing to do with climate. First off, these, this is wildfire smoke. This is natural. This is not because of climate change. It's, it's not amazing. because of a fossil fuel, you know, uh, internal combustion engines. He just has no idea what he's talking about. So Malloy is such a brazen, bogus expert that there are websites almost dedicated to him. I say almost because there's just so much on this guy. So he's unusual for a bogus expert because he has actual scientific and medical training. He has a BA in natural sciences, a master of health sciences in biostatistics that are both from Johns Hopkins and a law degree from Georgetown. But what makes Malloy's expert opinion suspect is it appears he's worked as a lobbyist for his entire career, not as a scientist or researcher. So Malloy worked as a consultant for Mil Philip Morris. He has falsely claimed that secondhand smoke is not linked to lung cancer. He's also claimed that human activity has no impact on climate change, despite having no training in climate science. Some of the non-for-profit organizations he's worked with have received funding from ExxonMobil. Malloy has even defended the use of asbestos and the pesticide DDT. I could write so much more about this man, but I think it gives you a great idea of who he is and what he's about in that he got his start working for the tobacco lobby, basically trying to confuse all of the science around the dangers of tobacco. And that is just okay then. So the next up, we've got Fox and Friends. This is the next day. We are finally gone full circle. And there was a very dramatic shift in tone. And I think what may have happened is most of the geriatric audience of Fox News may have reached out, called in, sent emails, whatever, to the network going, like, what are you doing? Because uh, Primetime pretty much dropped the story on Thursday. The five changed... I'm not going to include the five because it would be way too long. But the five uh, just kind of got angry about climate change. Like, how dare you relate this to climate change? But they did take a different tone. And this was Fox and Friends in the morning. 
the segment was 20 minutes, 30 seconds, which would be slightly uh, longer than half of its total airtime. They had on two experts, Dr. Josh Hellman, who's an MD, and Kim Douglas, who's a wellness expert. We'll get to that. The tone was serious. I have three clips. Here we go. Here's the first clip. This is Steve Ducey. And it really started to kind of redirect where it, it, the heaviest stuff was through portions of Pennsylvania. Uh, yesterday in New York City, they, we had the worst air on the planet. It was 56 times over the World Health Organization's pollution limit. And we doubled uh, typical front runners like the United Arab Emirates and Pakistan and India. It was hard to read, absolutely hard to breathe. And the cover of the New York Post today wraps it up. Blame Canada. So the uh, meteorologist personality, I looked her up, she's not an actual meteorologist, but she has the seal of approval from the American Meteorological Society, Janice Dean. She's a regular on Fox and Friends. She sort of took over and they gave her a wall. They talked about it, a wall of screens where she broke this entire uh, crisis down uh, piece by piece. And I include this segment because Janice Dean is from Canada and she sort of explains uh, the difficulty of managing Canadian forest land. To 9 million acres, by the way. And to your point of what you were talking about, Canada does not have the resources to combat wildfires like this. In some areas, it's like you can't, you can't access the forestry. So that's why we're sending 600 of our firefighters right. to Canada right now because this is unprecedented, but they cannot get a handle on something like this. Dean did just such a great job of sort of explaining why it's so difficult to manage the forests of Canada in that very brief clip. Now, this next clip is uh, Ansley Einhardt had an actual expert, Dr. Josh Hellman, on to talk about the air quality. And this, she lobbed him a question about, like, how should parents talk to their children about this? Yeah, so, so obviously this is very hard for, for kids to understand. And I remember when I was a little kid and, and was involved in some fires in Los Angeles where, you know, the traffic lights change color. I, I, I think the first thing to do is, is, is to mirror that you are concerned, but you're doing something about it. Specifically, you're saying, look, we can't go out and play right. because the air, the air is not safe. And, and, and you can say that sometimes there are things that are not safe that we even can't even see, like the very small particles sure. in the air that cause of pollution. Uh, are, are, can be dangerous. Now, the last expert that they had on in the first hour of Fox and Friends was a woman named Kim Douglas, who's like, calls herself like a wellness expert and has a podcast. And this might seem like a silly piece of advice, but I used to do, uh, we used to work as a makeup artist and as a face painter, body painter. Actually, what she says here is spot on. I completely agree with her. Don't wear your eye makeup, ladies, or if you have to, just do it very minimally. And if you are wearing it because you need to, perhaps you're in a meeting or on a show like I am with the wonderful Steve, then the minute I get off the air, I'm going to make sure to use a non-toxic, chemical-free eye remover. Because even the ones with a little bit of fragrance, yeah. they can irritate your eyes even sure. more. So you Tell want to make sure. And that might seem silly, but she's she's perfectly right. Because the problem is, is when you have grit in the air like we did have... Uh, anything makeup-wise is going to stick to your makeup. It's going to stick to your eyelashes. It's going to stick to your eye makeup. And she's completely correct. 
and you could scratch a cornea. You can have all, which I've done three times. And let me tell you, that's, whoo, that's a pain that will knock you out for about a day. You can't see for about a day. Your eyes heal very quickly. But anyway, she's completely right. You, in poor air quality, you want to avoid wearing a lot of makeup, avoid wearing a lot of eye makeup because the pollution and that grit will literally stick to you. <laughs> so you don't want to do that. And I would agree with her. Always fragrance-free. Always fragrance-free. So that's just me being a nerd, having that background. Now, the two experts you just heard, Josh Hellman, Harvard-trained, board-certified physician, licensed in 14 states, has two degrees in biochemistry, one from Harvard and one from the University of Cambridge as that's a master's in biochemistry. Um, so hello, that's he's pretty much top of the top there. And then Kim Douglas couldn't find much on her. She's a breast cancer survivor. She was married to a soap opera star. But I thought her advice was was fine. It wasn't really expert level, but she was like drink tea, but avoid wearing makeup was actually a very good tip. Um, and that that's it. That's the that's the <laughs> that was the arc of the 24 hours. And I do think that people called in because when you're talking to 70 year old, 80 year olds, a lot of them have breathing problems. A lot of them would be concerned about their grandkids being out in that mess. And I think there was kind of a revolt. I don't know. That's what I suspect based on how dramatically different like Ingram went to Fox and Friends. And Fox and Friends um, was still Fox. They didn't really talk about climate change. They just talked about this weather is really bad. Don't go out in this weather. So, uh, you know, and I don't know why Fox News has to politicize everything and put people's health at risk over some sort of way to own the libs or to sort of deny the fact that our climate is warming, which it very obviously is. We didn't even have a winter last year. New York did not, basically had a couple cold days. We had one day of like very light snow and that was it. That, it was horrible. And now everybody's allergies are a nightmare because of it. So uh, next segment for the podcast is stories Fox News ignored. Every week I compare the hours of coverage that I watched on Fox News to five hours of the PBS NewsHour. These are the stories that PBS reported on that Fox News did not. It's not as bad this week because everything was about the indictment. However, the first story is quite ironic. Here we go. Heat trapping carbon dioxide levels are currently the highest they've been in the Earth's atmosphere in 4 million years. Experts believe the increase is due to the burning of fossil fuels. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin traveled to New Delhi, India last week to meet with Defense Minister Ranath Singh, to discuss how to share the burden of deterring aggression by any major power, including China. The Biden administration is awarding more than $570 million in grants to help eliminate railroad crossings in 32 states as the industry relies on longer trains to cut costs. Right-wing organizations have attacked ERIC, the Electronic Registration Information Center. The program helps identify outdated and duplicate voter registrations. Conspiracy theorists have falsely tied the program to voter fraud schemes. Florida citrus farmers are facing a rough season as a form of blight called citrus greening has decimated their crops. It's, it's expected to be the worst orange crop in 70 years. Journalists at the country's largest newspaper chain, Gannett, walked off the job last week to demand an end to cost-cutting measures and new leadership. The company's decisions have been especially devastating to local newspapers across the country. PBS produced a segment about 
a small LGBT community in Taylor, Texas, that was facing backlash due to anti-LGBTQ laws and a growing anti-LGBTQ sentiment of some residents. Convicted spy, a convicted spy for the Soviet Union in Russia, Robert Hansen, 79, was found dead in his federal prison cell in Colorado. Hansen died of natural causes. PBS had an extended interview with Karen Bass, the mayor of Los Angeles, last week as she discussed the homeless crisis. Fox News often features segments about homeless people in various cities, but offers no solutions. Francois Guillot, an accomplished painter, died at the age of 101. She was also the mistress of Pablo Picasso and the mother of two of his children. Her career stretched over eight decades. She left behind 1,600 paintings and 3,600 works on paper. Her work often goes for over $1 million. The U.S. Security and Exchange Commission is suing Coinbase, the second largest crypto exchange by volume, for operating illegally as an unregistered national securities exchange and broker, as well as other charges. Lawyers for Ukraine branded Russia a terrorist state at the International Court of Justice. Ukraine wants the World Court to order Russia to pay reparations for attacks and war crimes. A new study by the National Academy of Sciences analyzed footage in traffic stops. It showed a higher percentage of escalations when black drivers were stopped by police. The results also showed the first 45 words spoken by the officer could determine how each encounter ended. The acclaimed American author Willa Cather was honored with a statue in the Statuary Hall on Capitol Hill for the state of Nebraska. The sculptor, Littleton Alston, a professor at Creighton University, is the first black artist to have work represented in the national collection. President Biden hosted the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak at the White House. They discussed both countries' unwavering support for the people of Ukraine, international cooperation in terms of regulating artificial intelligence, and relations with China. A new report by UNICEF, the United Nations Children Fund, showed that roughly 20 children were killed each day due to warfare or conflict. Those cases represent only what has been identified and reported, as the organization believes the violence is far more widespread. Parts of China are facing severe flooding due to excessive rain. The flooding has caused 120,000 people to flee their home. Ethnic classes broke out in South Sudan as refugees have fled the violence from warring factions in neighboring Sudan. At least 13 people were killed and 21 injured at a UN site for protection of displaced civilians. PBS had an extended segment on the complexities and struggles involved with returning stolen land back to indigenous people and black Americans. Dr. Joseph Durdy set a new world record by living 100 days, 22 feet underwater in a Florida Keys Lodge for scuba divers. And those are the stories. And as always, there's some about climate change and extreme weather events that the Fox News audience especially really could use to hear for context. Um, And we go finally into by the numbers, which are my graphs of the top five topics explored on PBS and Fox News. Fox News included, number one was Trump criminal indictment at 17%, wildfire smoke, 7%, Hunter Biden, 6%, which a lot of that was tied into the Trump criminal indictment, border crisis, 4%, and Republicans running for president, 3%. PBS, uh, top 
Trump criminal indictment, 12%. Artist profile, which is a regular segment on the network. Ukraine war, 8%. Republicans running for president, 6%. And California returning land back to black and indigenous Americans was 4%. So words used on Fox for the week ending June 11, 2023. Trump at a staggering 480. Biden, 469. Documents, 132. Canada, 106. Smoke, 95. Border, 91. DeSantis, 88. That's very high for DeSantis. China, 85. Russia, 69. Hunter, 56. Crime, 54, which is very low considering. Air quality, 51. Safe, just the word safe, 51. Because I kept saying that a lot. Hillary, 35 times, because that tied into Trump. Espionage, 22 times. Inflation, 19. AOC, 17. And just the word breathe, 13 times. So this week, I'll be covering Fox and Friends, the first hour, the five, Jesse Waters primetime, and Fox News tonight. The arraignment for Trump will be tonight in two hours. <laughs> so I apologize to my paid subscribers. I'm a little bit behind schedule because of that Trump indictment. It Anytime anything big happens with him, it just throws off the whole week. But who is Hunter Biden? Part three should be coming soon. Um, I also have some fun stuff I'm going to release early to paid subscribers. Everybody else will get it a little bit later. I won't say what it is, but I got some really old footage that's very interesting that I can't wait to show you. I'm just going to give it to you guys early and then everybody else a little bit later because it's not that topical, but it is interesting. And anyway, thank you so much for listening. That's the end of the podcast. If you'd like to become a paid subscriber, you can go to my Substack for Decoding Fox News, my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. I got... So many new subscribers, paid subscribers this week, and new Patreons, and thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I would love to keep this project going when the grant ends. I don't need to make uh, a lot of money. I don't need to be wealthy off this. I've never been wealthy. I come from nothing. I just want to keep doing this kind of work. It is very important to me. I know it's very important to my audience, and thank you so much. Please give me a good review if you're a regular listener on any platform that you listen to this podcast. And Odin and Thor, thank you as well. I'll see you at the next podcast. 